Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, a weekly look at the world of hockey with your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So we have a question. Pat asked a doozy of a question. I don't know if you would like to answer that today or if we'd like to wait until Pat comes back. I'm okay either way. I think it would. I think he who asked the question should have an opportunity to answer it, though. Okay. So we can table that until until the power trio is back. <laughs> we'll consider ourselves an, an injured power trio and have to cancel some tour dates. Sorry about sorry about that, all the folks. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and we can just start commencing with the hockey chattery. Hockey chattery. Well, I do have to to give you a heads up. I was in training all last week, and I've been out of the house all this weekend, so I may hockey, not be up on the training. latest hockey you, chattery. You were in hockey training. I was not in hockey training. I was in work training. I was Blurred. doing doing GIS training that um, was not well set up. But that's another story entirely. That's for the GIS podcast. Oh my God! I've like put together training. This was not a good one. <laughs> well, um, how about them jerks? That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, what have they been up to? Are they still undefeated? Who's undefeated uh, right now? Uh, oh, <laughs> no, Carolina actually. They had a back-to-back. They lost the second one on Saturday to Columbus, so they're mm-hmm. five and one. But that's mm-hmm. okay. They're five and one. Mm-hmm. Um. Undefeated, <laughs> as as we sit here and record on the 13th of October, 2019, the Edmonton Oilers. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers. Oh, God. They, not, not just the Edmonton Oilers. They also have the Colorado Avalanche. Yes, the Avs are still undefeated. Um, but really, I mean, of... I know. Of, I had... <laughs> You know. A friend of mine actually tweeted, um, and I retweeted it yesterday, I believe. Um, I have to scroll through here for a second and find it again. So um, his handle is at LW3H. He's he's an English New York Rangers fan. Poor guy. Um, anyway, so his... Poor guy for being English or a Rangers fan, because... I, I want you to clarify this here. <laughs> it's it's uh it's the Rangers fan. Okay, because yes. both might be applicable right now. <laughs> okay. No, I don't uh, hold it against him for being English. Uh, for the politic talk. <laughs> anyway, right, back into hockey. Um. So his tweet was: Oilers broadcast has already referred to their team as quote a league heavyweight unquote and. Quote, one of the best teams in the league, unquote, if you are wondering if their good start has gone to their heads at all. <laughs> and that was, okay. <laughs> I, um, I had the rare opportunity, and I'm going to say rare because if you've, if you listen to this podcast, you've noticed my absence for the last two weeks. So yesterday I had the rare opportunity to watch a full hockey game end to end. So it happened to be the Oilers and Rangers game. Yeah, and it's only because it was on at ten o'clock in the morning, <laughs> local time. Um, now that being said, I I tend to watch um, the Canadian feeds when when I can, when available, mm-hmm. and I I absolutely do adore 
but um, I, did, I, I didn't get any of the audio, so I missed that or else I probably would have picked up on it too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to listen to Kevin Quinn and Drew Romenda wax um, poetically about their team when a two-year-old is in, or two-and-a-half-year-old is in here screaming about Lightning McQueen and his super magic power car. So, <clears throat> oh, that, yeah. Um, hmm. <laughs> They they are uh, they are drunk both on rum and power, so mm-hmm. that's a deadly dance. That's a deadly duo. Mm-hmm. I did not hear that. Oh my god, they really did that, huh? <laughs> wow. Yes, they did that. This is Edmonton. So, I mean, it's not like the press of Edmonton has a has a tendency to overreact at all. No. Mm, or or carry water for the team or anything. Oh, oh Lord, no. <laughs> I mean, who could have who could have thought that that. To the cure to Edmonton's woes was um, James Neal. Oh, wait. Pretty much everybody who said all they needed was a NHL-caliber winger. Just one. Just, just one, one. top-six NHL-caliber winger, and that would be a completely different team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's it's still... October thirteenth. <laughs> I, I I know, but James Neal has on October thirteenth. James Neal has more goals than he did the entire season prior. It's just I I and I don't often quote Brian Burke. Although as a human being, I will just editorialize as a human being. Brian Burke is a fantastic human and father. Mm-hmm. As a hockey mind, oh come on, just <laughs> somebody needs to box that man's ears. Um. He he did nail this one. Ned James Neal in Calgary was a square peg in a round hole. Yep. And I I made the joke, and I'm going to I'm going to puff my own chest here. I made the joke back when he signed that deal, and after the first ten games or so, I was, the the joke was you know adding a James Neal type player to a team that has a James Neal type player does not increase your James Neal coefficient because <laughs> they already had the James Neal archetype in Matthew Kachuk. Right. Mm, well, guy, apparently you were wrong. That didn't age well. <laughs> well, uh, you've uh, according to Edmonton Oiler like press that is. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, you, you've already got that guy on your roster. That guy who's going to annoy people, stand in front of the net, bang, pot in twenty goals, oh. and your top six. You already had one. His name is Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Why are you signing another one? They don't work well. Apparently, you can't have too many. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. It's (laughs) it's not like if more women got pregnant, they'd be able to deliver one baby in less time. It's not a problem. (laughs) Good point. Good point. It's not the mythical man month and man month and software. No, no, that's not how that's not how this works. That's not how any of it works. (laughs) No, I I think we were talking it when. When that trade went down, I think the three of us were talking. It was sort of making the jokes that, you know, all he needed to do was go stand in front of the net with Dry Saddle and McDavid and he'd pot 20 goals. Well, it turns out he's on pace for it by standing, much. Out, by standing out there with McDavid and Dry Saddle on the you know, play. In, in all fairness to James Neal, there are very few players that are willing to stand in front of the net and just pot in goals so like in the that, nhl these days that's true i mean that and i and i say archetype because we really are it, hockey may have changed in some of those aspects but archetypes are archetypes right 
There's mm-hmm. always the guy that parks in front of the net and tips and blocks and screens the goalie and takes the abuse. You always need a world, you know, not a world class, but you always need a top level guy that kind of does that. Defenseman. I mean, there's you can sit there and roll in archetypes for each of these type of positions. And when you look at teams that win consistently, you start looking and you find they have a good dispersal of those archetypes. Right. So, and and you can quantify all that with stats. I'm not. I'm not saying it's an eye test versus stats test because both are, you know, both are valid. <laughs> I'm trying to be more inclusive. I've gone through inclusivity training at work. Mm. Both are valid opinions. No one mm. is right. No one is. Um. So I I I've been enjoying watching it because it's just been like, huh? Yeah. Good for him, you know. Yeah. Good for him. Pretty much, yeah. So, so speaking of, of things we have said before and things <laughs> that have gone on in the NHL. So I don't know if you caught this, but during preseason, because I haven't talked to you in a little while. Seriously. Preseason, apparently, during five-on-five time, Cooper was playing four forwards and one defenseman during the preseason. Uh, for Tampa Bay. I did not see that. Holy buckets. I, I don't know how often he did it. I don't know. I only caught a few tweets about when he did it with Carolina. It was like game four or five of, of the preseason for Tampa. And somebody was, was retweeting or complaining, uh, retweeted a complaint about how they have to go back through and because um, they're, they're writing, doing their own stats. Uh-huh. And they had to go back through and rearrange everything because Tampa was playing even strength with four forwards and one defenseman. Wow. I missed that. I'm I mean I can't think of anybody any of the other podcasts or, or radio shows I listened to caught that or at least talked about it. That's yeah, it was, wild. Yeah, and like I said, I don't know. I don't know what the details were of that. I just saw one tweet about it, and it was a Carolina Hurricanes stats person, not who someone who worked for the team, but a fan who was trying to like write down his own stats, and he was confused because apparently they weren't playing three forwards and two defense. So, um, so yeah, it was just one single tweet from this one person who was complaining, but uh. Yeah. So I'm assuming it was a limited test case kind of scenario or it was right after like a a power play and nobody could like get off the ice or something. But there you go. I mean, outside of Fedorov, you know, sliding back and playing D for the Red Wings occasionally, that was mostly he was literally rolled out there as a defenseman in a lot of those scenarios. But yeah, well, that's because he could actually play defense. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there's very few forwards that can do that. Vinny LaCavalier could do it, but yeah. he almost never did that because everyone's like, no, you're you're a forward. But he could. He could skate backwards just fine and play defense in the NHL if he'd wanted to. Or if coaches had let him. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, yeah, so that was, that was huh. the, that was the thing. Huh. I wasn't huh. sure if you'd caught that. Nobody really had caught that. No, I didn't. Well, speaking of John Cooper, Uh-oh. is his seat a little toasty? <laughs> I, I'm thinking his seat's a little toasty. <laughs> I, I, 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking someone left the seat heater on three in, in the old Land Rover or whatever it is he's driving down there. <laughs> and you and the and the bum sweating a little bit because. You don't know how much joy this brings me, and I try so hard not to like express it on on Twitter because I still have a number of Tampa fans who are following me from when I was blogging about Tampa. So <laughs> I'm trying to be respectful, but oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, um, there's nothing quite like hearing your captain come out after the Carolina game and blast his team for doing exactly what they did last year, which didn't lead to any success. So I don't know, man. I, I, I'm going to sit here and say it. I'm, think, I'm seeing two horses neck and neck mm-hmm. for the first canning of the year, and it's Heinz and Cooper <laughs> so, coming, up, coming up from the back of the pack. Dark horse, John Cooper. I really wanted to ask because there were a couple of people, a couple of Tampa fans that I'm, you know, acquaintances with on Twitter, and uh, I, and they were like talking about about that game, and I really wanted to ask, and I had the tweet, and then I deleted it, and I really wanted to ask. So, how long do you think he has? <laughs> Smart woman. Smart woman. How long do you think? House. No, they neither. One guy I know for sure despises Cooper and wants him canned. I didn't know about the other guy though, so I just kind of like maybe I'll just keep quiet. <laughs> yeah, this has been a topsy turvy, and unfortunately, the one I think that should have been canned that won't get canned, um, Peter DeBoer, who's off to a spectacular one and four start with his San Jose Shark. I know we don't normally do season recaps and weekly recaps, crap, but I've missed you guys, and it's kind of all I can talk about right now. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Just, just like, well, I mean, you know, they got they got Marlo back. Well, and that's oh my god, that let me. <laughs> I I had uh, um, there's there's a old psychological term that's called brown stamping, which is it's I think the kids today call it saving receipts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you start showing the receipts for the crap that someone's done. And I've listened to a number of podcasts. I'm going to call one out specifically here. The Steve Dangle podcast hosted by Adam Wilde, Jesse Blake, and Steve Dangle, who all three espoused and went on and on and on about the spectacular drafting of the San Jose Sharks, how well, how well they draft, how good they are at drafting. And after four games this season, all of them universally said, wow, you know, why, why are you signing Patrick Marlowe and why is he in your top six? Well, that's a pretty clear indicator they can't draft. <laughs> <clears throat> see, see my, my thought there is, is that it may be true that, that San Jose drafts well, but they don't develop well. So those guys they, always get traded away. <laughs> they, see, the thing is, is they don't. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to pull it out again. I have written the program that empirically proves they do not draft well. They literally don't draft well. I don't know where this perception comes from that they draft well, simply because they disperse their draft picks to the wind in order to buy in talent which they can't develop themselves. I mean, they're complaining about... um, Some of the San Jose Sharks people I know are complaining about after after the 0 and 4 start, it, things have settled since they won a game. Um, mm-hmm. Complaining about tied, you know, all the money they they have tied up in effectively three players, and that's you know Burns and Carlson and Vlasic. Right. 
And now they're starting to throw in Evander Kane to that mix, too, because they signed him to a big deal. Well, I think Evander Kane will get his head turned around and, and start playing like Evander Kane. But out of the four highest-paid players on that team, only one of them is your own draft pick. They've had to, they have had to buy in talent for ages. Oh, they're a victim of their own success. No, they're not. There's a, there are a number of teams like that where you're just right. just like, how is this GM even still here? <laughs> or why does the next GM still do that? <laughs> right, and, uh, and I'll go on my rant right now. The reason that Doug Wilson is still the general manager is he does just enough, and he's had just enough owners. So he survived ownership turnover, and the guy he's got now is so hands-off, he literally left him and his cohort who I think is the president of hockey ops, the keys to the kingdom mm-hmm. and said, so long as you make money, I kind of don't care. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to care. You know, they, of course they all, you know, they all come up and say, we want to win. We want to win. Well, yeah, everyone wants to win, but so long as you're doing stuff that just shows you're trying to win, not actually winning, that's what saved his job. Well, I mean, you know, it's, Seattle sports, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, 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 well, Seattle sports, we don't even care if you win. It's, Hell, the, I mean. it's the chronic good enough, too good to get a good draft pick, too bad to actually make playoffs. Although yeah. in the NHL, that doesn't usually fly because you actually have to still make playoffs. Right. But, but you know, baseball, like the Mariners, you, know, you, you don't have to make playoffs. <laughs> the, my thing is, 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 is they keep kicking the can further down the road to try and maintain something in the, in the and they've they've never ripped they've never had a real rip the bandaid off, right? You know, you think of someone like and I'll I'll bring up Detroit just because it's you know it's sort of the the record holders for the number of seasons they were in the playoffs consecutively um, them in St Louis for a long time, you know outside of a, of those sort of. 90s, early 2000s, was Detroit really a threat in the playoffs? No. Were they a victim of their own success? I don't know. You tell me. 25 years of making the playoffs, they still managed to find those draft picks. They still managed to, they still managed to find those high-end players later in the draft that, that stepped in. And San Jose's last, the last sort of... of you know, world-class player they found nestled way down in the draft was Joe Pavelski. Right. I mean, it's not like they've had second and third and fourth round picks. Well, Braden Point was drafted in what round again? You know, the league is littered with top six guys that someone else has picked up in the second round and maybe mm-hmm. taken the time to develop, which goes to your point, your, your second point, which is my second point too, is yes, those guys they draft that may have that talent, they don't develop well at all. And that's just because they've got a guy in the AHL who's seen for, I think he's now under his fourth NHL head coach. They, they just are like, whatever. Yeah. So uh, that, that franchise just makes me want to bang my head against the wall sometimes because there's so much there. That fan base is ready to explode. So much so that they spend their time reveling in a rivalry against Vegas and dragging Vegas through the mud. And mm-hmm. it's like, come on guys, <laughs> you know, 
You got better things to do with your time than to pick on the new kid in class. <laughs> the new kid in class keeps beating him up. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, you, you got it over on the new kid once, but that new kid has also attained almost the exact same level of success as you in 25 years. Now, granted, the rules are different. We can sit here and cite all these little things that were to Vegas's advantage, but you've had 25 years. Do something, you know? Come on. And then, and then, and then there's Boston, who's also in the same boat. By the way, yeah. they do not draft well. They do not develop well. They uh, they trade people around so that they get a good team. And then you have Boston, who I know people at work that were like, "Why didn't they fire the coach? Because they didn't win the Stanley Cup." I'm like, "Dude, you were one game away from winning the Stanley Cup." Yeah, seriously. And, and he's like. It's not good enough. He, the, fire, the coach should be fired. They should have traded half the team, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, well, Tom, Tom would have won the Stanley Cup for us if we had a Tom. Tom and Billy. Tom and Billy would have won the Stanley Cup. Yes, my <clears throat> name is Sean. Shut up. <laughs> but, but, like, yeah, it's like, okay, you guys are not only spoiled, but you're entitled. And um, you wonder why people don't like your fan base. Okay. <laughs> Actually, yeah, no, it's it's even worse than that. They assume that everybody likes or likes them because they like themselves. And I'm like, no, no, Mm-mm. you guys don't like Philly, right? And they're like, oh, Philly sucks. I'm like, that's how the rest of the league looks at you too. <laughs> Seriously. And they're like, oh. <laughs> the the uh, oh man, this I always love watching as as a man. Um, and some people will probably get this reference as a man with a, with a white passport, I am countryless. I am rudderless. I have no, I have no home team. I do love sitting back because I've got a good cross section of people in my Twitter feed, a fantastic mm-hmm. group of fans from almost every team mm-hmm. um, outside of Vancouver. Cause they suck. But anyway, um, just watching the snipes go back and forth. And a lot of and a lot of people that I follow and interact with on Twitter don't follow people from these other teams, so right. I get to see them interacting with other fans from that team. Oh my God, some of these things have just been hysterical. Watching the Vegas, honest to God, the, the Vegas San Jose kerfuffle since the playoffs last year has been hysterical, absolutely hysterical. Because the Sharks fans that that wade into that water. Um, just love to drill their nose into it and the the you know about how oh how could you have been a fan of that team since you were a kid when they only existed for three years mm-hmm. you, know, you know we beat you blah 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 or the you know it was you know it was a major or something like that you know oh so it turns out you can you know kill off a major without letting any goals get scored that kind of stuff i love it i love it because it's it's stupid fan fun rivalry. And as long as it doesn't get personal, I'm all for it. Because, again, every radio show and podcast I've heard for like the last two weeks seems to be on this rivalry theme. Right. You know, oh, who's got the best player versus player rivalry? Uh, you know, players are vanilla. There's a couple of mad good rivalries. Should there be more? Yes. But come on, get in the fans. That's where the fun and mud gets slung. Exactly. Yeah, no, I I uh, I was I was on Twitter a couple days ago, and and I was watching because I I also have like a a large selection of people who are fans of different teams, and as there were two different like 
groups of people that were just going off about how awful their teams were and they just suck so bad. And then I, I looked up, I was like, well, who are these guys playing? Each other. <laughs> yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. Boy, did they ever suck. They were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Yeah, it was it was uh, uh it was New Jersey and Columbus, I think, and they were just like, oh. I think that was the game. I don't remember. It was definitely New Jersey. I don't remember who the other team was for sure, but I think it's Columbus. And they were just like, God, our team sucks. We just have no defense, and God, we can't score in a tin bucket, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, and you know, of course, these people don't follow each other. There's my hot take siren. <laughs> And, <laughs> and um and so yeah i was just like who the heck are these guys playing yeah each other they were playing each other i was just like okay so two teams where their fans both think that they suck are playing each other someone's <laughs> got to be winning this <laughs> just... no no it'll end in a tie oh wait that's right the nhl abolished ties um and in uh in brighter news oh. and brighter sharks news as uh -oh. i don't want this to be a shark slam fest for me Mm, um, Kendall Coyne, Kendall Coyne did her first broadcast coincidentally on the, sh on the game, the Sharks won. We won't jump to conclusions. I don't jump to conclusions. <laughs> they jumped to me. Just saying. Mm -hmm. She was part of the broadcast. The Sharks won their first game of the season. News at 11. Mm -hmm. Um, she was absolutely fantastic. I did get a chance to watch a good portion of that game. Um, absolutely. Yeah, she's there was you could tell she had a little bit of nerves here and there, but she was absolutely fantastic in that group with mm -hmm. with uh, Randy Hahn and Jamie Baker. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you having met him sitting next to Randy Hahn would have helped her greatly sort of calm and, and the way he engages um, engages with people sort of mm -hmm. automatically put you puts you at ease. He is. You know, I, I kind of was a, a fly on the wall um, for Sharks home game a few years ago as as in the booth with them and and just sort of he was talking to people who were who had won auctions for meet and greets and that kind of stuff. And the way he would sort of engage and ask that question, you know, that that question really sort of got them to open up and feel comfortable. So being in the booth with someone of that quality, I'm sure probably helped her a great deal as opposed to being in between the benches with Pierre. Um, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it was, yeah. Uh, she was fantastic. I mean, the way she, she, you know, she did the standard formula dissect a play template stuff, which is, right. Hey, but the way, you know, she, the way she presented it and broke it down, absolutely. She killed it. So I'm going to try and find, I don't think they've announced the schedule that she's on, but I'm going to try and make sure that I watch, you know, more of those games that she's on just because it was fun. No, I think they did. I think. Oh, did they? No, they, they did like the first couple and then there would be more after that. Oh, okay. I, I don't think they had the full schedule for when she was doing, maybe, I don't remember. I remember seeing that somebody retweeting her saying that she would be at these particular games and I'm just like, and, but I don't know. Yeah. I could have been hallucinating. It was, you know, I could have been days. hallucinating. I could have been hallucinating too. Maybe it was the, the stuff that was filtering around the air in my house as I was emptying it out. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh, I was watching the, um, Colorado, whoever they were playing last night. 
uh, Arizona. <laughs> and and uh, it was um, girls hockey girls hockey day in Colorado. Oh, I saw a little bit about something about that after the game. Yeah. And so um, the the TV crew they have a new um, color commentator on the ice, a, a woman, and I can't her first name's Lauren or something. She they had her doing the um, in arena calls. So oh, she was doing um, the announcing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she's done that before, and I cannot remember her last name. She's um, she's kind of an auburn-haired lady, yeah. a little younger. Yeah. Oh, I cannot remember her name. Yeah, they had her do that last year too. I think. No, it was she, not, no. She this is her first year with Colorado. So if she maybe, did that yeah, somewhere, she did it with someone else. Then maybe it's a different. It was a. It's a newer one. Yeah, but they, um, the woman they had last year, they also had do the in arenas um, for a game last year. Right. And so, okay. yeah, so I was like listening to her because, you know, in the background, you can hear the, yeah. the uh, interview announcement. Avalanche goal. Actually, I didn't hear any of that because I went to bed after the second period. Oh, um, <laughs> oh and, and nobody... of course they were scoreless. It was. It was scoreless. Yeah. Zero going going into the third. Um, but uh, anyways, but you could hear her doing like the penalty calls, yeah. you know, announcing the penalties and stuff. And I was just sitting there listening to her, thinking, this just seems so normal to me. I don't know why people have a problem with women making like sports <sighs> announcements. And there's some women where I I do find annoying, but it's not the tone of voice. It's how they're talking. Yeah. But. Um, I, you know, that's the same thing with men. It's like how yeah. some people say things. I'm just like, you're annoying me. Um, but, but yeah, it was just like, it was not out of place to me at all. It was just like, I actually had to like stop and think about it. Oh yeah, she's doing that. Huh? <laughs> I, it, it, um, Fran Drescher plays a character. Her yeah. annoying nasally voice is a character. If you've ever heard Fran Drescher talk normally, you'd be like, that's not you. Right. If she did Fran, if she did the Fran Drescher, the nanny voice, yes. God, please never put her near a microphone. <laughs> you know, especially doing in arena calls. Right. Right. And but so, if, yeah, because I've, I've like listened to some women doing play by play, not for hockey necessarily. I think it was football. And it's, they always choose the women with the lower voices, too. Yeah. To make them seem more masculine. And we can't threaten the men out there. Most of most of whom would sound like this anyway. If you were talking to them, they just like hearing guys with bigger, deeper voices. Yeah. Well, although I, I have to say, it's like when I was playing basketball in high school, and little side note, there was a girl. I did I did stats for boys basketball um, too, and so when I was doing stats, there was another girl who was doing stats with me, and she had this high squeaky voice, and it was hilarious. She would be like, "Bad call, ref, bad call." <laughs> she almost sounded like a referee whistle when she'd when she'd she just someone. she just sounded like she was like an eight year old, you know, criticizing the referees, <laughs> and I was just like, every single time I tried not to laugh, it was just so hilarious, but. Besides that. <laughs> other than that. Other than that. Other than um, that, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so, so um, there was something that is deliberately not being brought up by the media that I wanted to get your opinion on, speaking of hockey and women. Um, 
the way that the um and it happens all the time austin matthews is is uh, getting the star treatment because he's playing so darn well like that makes everything all better I feel like I hit a nerf with that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Now, good subject. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> you, you saw the Jim Houston? Uh, uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of the two, the Houston was worse than the Edwards. I said it. I said it. Jack Edwards did not say anything wrong at the time he said it. Was it in bad taste after? Yes. Was it blown up after? Yes. Was it wrong when he said it? No. He did not know the player was injured. Jim Houston, on the other hand... The less said about him, the better. <laughs> yeah. You know how teams have a do not draft list? You know, yes. do not draft this player. Yeah. He is on my do not listen to list. Mm-hmm. I, I actively avoid broadcast. He does play by play. And that has been ever since he was doing Canucks games. I didn't mind him doing Canucks games. I don't like him doing national games. I couldn't stand him doing Canucks games either. And it's not because of any rampant homerism or anything. I just, I'm going to, I'm going to editorial. I just do not like the way he calls games. Right. I don't get, I don't get why people fawn over him. I just don't. And I go back and forth, but we get into these, uh, some friends of mine get into these broadcaster debates every once in a while. Cause I were stupid. I don't know. <laughs> we just do. Your hockey fans or your uh, sports fans who like banal conversations, and uh, it's it's me against the wor- it's me against the world, so to speak, on this Jim Houston thing. Mm-hmm. And I just am like, I don't get how you guys can. T- okay. And then I and then it's usually the inverse for the Mike Emmerich for the Doc. <laughs> I still like Mike Emmerich. I've always liked Mike Emmerich. I liked him when he was, you know. Play-by-play guy for the Devils. I know. I loved him as the Devils. So, God. Him and Chico. God, him and Chico. That was a great duo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really do not want to wade into that. I, I've, the greatest thing in the world that happened to me was trying to move out of my house for the last two weeks because I got to sit on the sideline and not have to actively participate and watch my blood pressure scream through the roof with the whole Austin Matthews thing. Now I can just sit here and be the stern old dad. And... <laughs> try, not, try not to curse on my own podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I said plenty. So, <laughs> and that's and and what I did get a chance to see. It's sort of like, yeah, that person said what I was. Yeah, that person said what I was thinking. Okay, there's really nothing left for me to say here because everyone's pretty much done a good job for me. So I'll just stand here and be disappointed again. 
Yep. Again. Again. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> now that you put me in a bad mood, I think we need to wrap this one up. <laughs> and we can't leave with a question because then we'd have to answer two questions next episode, correct? We did that last episode. <laughs> Is that the rule? No. Oh, well, we make I, it the rule. <laughs> I left you guys in a lurch, and that's my fault. Actually, I didn't leave you in the lurch. The city of Redmond, Washington left me in a lurch, which left you guys in a lurch. So we didn't answer your question, the first one, but then yeah. but then Pat decided to end that episode with a question. And then, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so clearly, what so, <laughs> so clearly we need a rules clarification uh, yes. going and forward. Then, and then the next one, I asked him if he wanted to answer both questions, and he said, sure, why not? Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. This has been the 3B3 Podcast, sponsored by Nobody.